Hello, hi, Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We are in Luke chapter five today. We're moving forward to a a very famous scene uh, between Jeter, Jesus and Peter, and this whole phrase that we've come to know that that I will make you fishers of men. So that's in today's passage. So we're in Luke chapter five, verses one through eleven, where we read this. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. But this time, the nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, um, you know, verse three, we've got Jesus uh, getting out into the boat, speaking from the water. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who have traveled to um, Israel and uh, up into the Sea of Galilee region have uh, done this, where the, the tour guides will go out into the water and they'll speak from there and they'll show you how the, it creates kind of like this amphitheater effect and the sound seems to reflect off the water and you're able to address with just your natural voice, address quite large crowds. And that's what uh, Jesus does from here. But really kind of, uh, I think kind of the heart of this passage, what's kind of amazing is this this faithfulness of Peter, even in this first step. In verses four and five, Jesus is basically giving instructions on how to fish to Peter, whose whole life is being a fisherman. And you got to imagine that when this is your livelihood and, and you know the business inside and out, when, when someone who comes from another sphere, as, as well-meaning, as wise as they may be, you got to feel like, you know, do you really know what you're talking about? Uh, and I feel like we do this today, even, you know, reading scripture. Like if you're a doctor and you're like, I know medicine, what do I have to learn from Jesus about medicine or in finance? I know business. I went to business school. What do I have to learn from the scriptures about how to use money? Whatever it is, but even maybe even more so, what does the Bible have to teach about fishing? And Jesus says, okay, we're going to go out in the water. I want you to let out your nets which is kind of probably crazy to Simon. We know that uh, fishermen in, in Sea of Galilee at this time typically uh, had, had the most success fishing uh, late at night, and that's exactly what they had done. And then they would bring the fish to market in the morning. And they had been out all night. They're tired. They're exhausted. Uh, and and they had caught nothing. And and Peter, the kind of begrudge, almost begrudgingly, is like, all right, I, we we know what we're doing, Jesus. Uh, we've really done what we're supposed to do. We didn't catch anything, but we really did what we're supposed to do. But because you say so, I'm, I'm going to do what you say. And there's this kind of faithfulness. I, I think it's a really great model of, of kind of 
the beginnings of, of faith in Christ that we're willing to almost begrudgingly sometimes say, you know what? All right, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do this thing. It sounds crazy to me. It doesn't make any sense to me, but because you say it and because I trust you, I'm going to try it out. And then lo and behold, amazing. Not only is there enough to fill their nets, there's enough to fill the one boat and the second boat. The boats are almost sinking. And after this bonanza of a catch, they leave everything behind because Jesus invites them to follow him, in essence, to become fishers of men. Now, I know a lot of people make a lot of this phrase, fishers of men, and try to draw metaphors from it, um, and the differences between fishing and line casting and, and all of that. And there are actually, uh, you know, to their credit, there are actually uh, two uh, Old Testament passages that seem to connect in some way to the idea of being fishers. There's uh, Habakkuk 1.15. I had to look these up. There's not from memory. Uh, Jeremiah 16, 16, there are these two passages that seem to connect with this idea. But but really, I, I don't think that that's what Jesus is doing here. I think Jesus is simply saying, whatever it is you do, whatever skills you have, whatever talents you have, whatever background you have, whatever relational network, whatever you bring to the table, if you bring it to the table with Jesus, Jesus will use it not just for the thing as it is, but to bring people into the kingdom. Um, you could, if, if you were a builder, it would be a builder of people, whatever. there's Whatever it is, God can turn it into something uh, much more. Um, I am reminded again, I love this story. Tony Campolo tells of this retired businessman who was going to go to seminary. And, and Tony's like, that's crazy. Uh, Tony Campolo is this Christian leader and was a, uh, a sociology professor at, at Eastern College down in uh, Philadelphia. And this guy was going to uh, leave his business. He was retired and he was going to go to seminary and become a pastor. And Tony's like, you're crazy. We have we have plenty of pastors. I, I would disagree with that, but... Especially <laughs> nowadays, the things have changed. <laughs> yeah, things have changed. But he's like, what we really need are business people. We have so many people who don't know how to start a business, don't understand how to run a business. If you could use your skills there and train them, help them set up, then that could you do so much work, so much more than I could ever do. And, and as Tony tells the story, eventually this guy um, was able to start somewhere in the area of about 500 businesses, help people start uh, businesses like taxi companies and, and uh, painters uh, uh, and, and, and handymen and, and all these different things, give them the skills and the know-how to set them up and get them on the road to being able to provide for themselves. And so whatever it was, he was like, okay, you're a, you're a, you're a business person. Well, well now we're going to make you a, a we're going to make people your business. Like whatever it is, I think whatever we bring to God, Jesus is saying that he can bless it and multiply it into something far more, just like he multiplied the fish into the boat. Uh, Dave, I'm wondering what you see in today's passage. Well, you know, I also have uh, gone on multiple trips to the Holy Land, and I also have done that thing where you push out and you do the amphitheater effect. Uh, something else I got to do one time was uh, get on one of these boats, and we actually then sailed across the entire um, uh, you know, lake, I think they call it, or sea is, I think, you know, but it's really, it's quite small when you think of a sea. Um, and, uh, and so, and while we're doing it, right, the same idea, guides talking to us, right, telling us all these interesting little facts. Uh, and we're pointing out all the areas in the perimeter, uh, you know, the, the different towns that were important in the Bible. Uh, and at one point he explained to us how these nets work. He showed us the nets and, he, you know, let us work together to actually try all of this. Um, and uh, at some point, we were making some comment about how, oh, you know, hey, maybe we'll catch something. And he goes, oh, no, you won't catch anything out here. He said, no, the way that this works is you only can catch stuff, right? The Sea of Galilee actually has a, uh, in, in many places, has a long shelf, a shallow shelf 
And that's where you do all the catching because the fish then come up towards the surface. But one of the, I think, things that's very interesting is verse four. Um, he says to Simon, now go out where it is deeper. Let your nets down to catch some fish. Well, that's that's not where you catch fish. That's not how it works, right? I mean, come on, stick to, you know, stick to your day job, Jesus, because you clearly don't understand how this works. And and I think there's something really powerful about the fact that, that even though, I mean, you can just hear it in his voice. We have worked, we worked hard all last night. We didn't catch a thing. If you say so, I'll let the nets down again, right? He's just been mending the nets. Everything's getting clean. Like, oh, this is such a pain. I can't believe this. Jesus is so high maintenance. And, and yet he does it, right? This thing, it makes no sense to him and, and defies all of his training and expertise. And he does it and whoa, more fish than he's ever seen before. I don't even know how to do it all. And, and I need a couple of kind of responses to that. The first one is that I think oftentimes you, the call of God, right? Whenever like the call of God is to do the thing that is the most kind of like career or, uh, you know, personal satisfaction, uh, you know, financially advantageous to you. I just feel like, no, maybe, maybe that's what God's calling you to do. Perfect. You know, at least it's worth asking some questions because oftentimes when God's calling us, God's calling us to, to maybe go against our own self-reliance and our own self-interest. Uh, God's calling us to do something that we wouldn't have expected. And so I think, you know, just being open to the possibility that God is going to call you to places that don't necessarily add up and make sense to you. Uh, and I can think of so many pieces of my own journey. I didn't want to be a pastor. I want to be an attorney, right? Like, who, who, like I just, I, had, I thought pastors had the worst job of all. And, you know, like I, who, who wants to adopt so many kids? And, you know, there's just so many things that I felt like God was calling me in ways that kind of defied the, I felt like I knew better. And yet there were a couple of key points in my life where I feel like God has called me to do things that didn't make as much sense. And, and that's where you realize God's ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are, so are far God's ways from our ways. And uh, and I think that's you know, that's the first thing I see here. And, and then uh, Simon, so all those people we just were studying yesterday about how uh, the people in Capernaum, they saw Jesus doing all these miracles. And they got so excited, they just wanted more miracles. And you can imagine Peter going, well, holy mackerel. Now we know how to catch me. Like, we've got this, like, you know, sort of like, I don't know, the, the, the fish whisperer. Hey, bud, we could make a mint this way. Like, wow, we're in business now. And Jesus, can you tell us where to fish tomorrow? Uh, you know, you can imagine that kind of mentality. But in fact, unlike the others who missed Jesus, like who Jesus' real identity was, they missed God was with them because they're so excited about the miracles. Simon sees the miracle and suddenly realizes, hold it. I know who this is. And so then you're right, we, we see this kind of powerful response uh, where he, he, you know, they said they, they were amazed, right? And he, he said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. If he's just before some, you know, fish whisperer, well, that's not the reaction to have, right? He's like, hey, that was pretty impressive, bud. But he realizes he's in front of the living God, Emmanuel. That's what Simon is realizing in this moment, like, or, or at least coming, starting to discover, starting to figure out, he's starting to piece it together and just knows, is this an angel? Is this what, who knows what, exactly all the details? But I don't deserve to be in his presence. And, 
And then interestingly enough, he's had the best day of fishing in his life, right? Probably can pay off all of his debts, whatever. Best day of fishing in his life. And that's the day. He hears the invitation. Leave your boats behind. Let's go. And he does, right? He doesn't leave because now he's in poverty. He, he leaves because now he realizes God is calling me. And I think that, oh, you know, that's another, just a, such a powerful thing. Oftentimes we only finally are ready to listen to God when everything else failed. Right? And yet this is the moment of greatest success. And Peter's ready to now leave it all in order to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Yeah, it's a wonderful scene. And I, I keep thinking that, you know, I think for all of us, it's it's one thing, you know, when God's out there, it's another thing when when God becomes personal, because uh, it just, it really has a way of exposing who we are, shining a light on the dark shadows of our souls. And we begin to realize just how far away we are, not just from God, but how far away we are, even from our own image of ourselves. <laughs> There's this moment of honesty. The light reveals who we are. And I think, you know, Peter's reaction, it makes so much sense to me. I, I feel like I've had that very same feeling of feeling like just naked before God. Just everything is there. Everything is visible. And not only do I realize that God sees it, but now I can see it in a way that I haven't seen it before. And, and there is this it's like repentance is the only thing you can do. Like what, what else, what other option you can, can, can you do? Cause there's, there's no way to hide anymore. I can't even hide from myself. Yeah. So. Amen. Well, John, in that spirit, you want to lead us in prayer? I would love to. Let's pray. Our good and gracious God. Thank you for being a good and gracious God. That when we are exposed by the light of your truth, by the light of your person, it's not for harming us or judging us or um, breaking us down or accusing us. No, that's what the enemy does. Instead, Lord, you bring us the truth so that we can become who you intend us to be, that we can finally take those steps forward. Lord, I pray for all of us that we would have these moments in our own lives. And, and like Simon, we would be moved to deep repentance and even more than that, to faithfulness, to want to follow you when the invitation comes. Lord, thank you for this example. Lord, may we experience it in our own lives and share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, we so thankful you joined us this week as we continue to study through Luke. This Sunday, I get to preach on, uh, on a little bit later in this uh, uh, exact chapter, Luke chapter 5. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. And then we will pick up again right here next Monday. I hope you'll be with us.